You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti. Giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station. As we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. On in. To the latest episode of the Off Air Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, joined as always by the head on show, Mike Conti. And Mike, boy, did we have a doozy for you guys earlier in the week, which means that there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to get to with you that we simply didn't have time for because of this little thing called the 99 The Game New Morning Show that is taking place soon. And we broke that all down to a fine powder, and you did a great job explaining to the folks about the changes and the new faces and everything else going on. So I got some stuffs I want to talk to you about. Let's do it. All right. First of all, did you watch the Oscars? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> now, let me let me say this. Do you ever watch the Oscars? Absolutely, I do. But this year, I did not see any of the, you know, the big ones that were nominated for lots of things. In fact, I think the only movies I really saw this year were on the seatbacks of airplanes. So, like, I, I saw the the new Top Gun movie on an airplane. I think flying out to the Rose Bowl, actually. Uh, you know, a couple other newish movies on airplanes, but you know, they were all mainstream stuff. Nothing really Oscar nominated. So, okay. I felt like. I, I wouldn't really understand what was going on with the Oscars this year. Oh, it makes perfect sense. And uh, here, here's my thing. The Oscars for me and my family used to be a really huge deal because hmm. my father and I, uh, he does not like sports, believe it or not. I don't know how that's possible given he helped birth me and this is what I do for a living. But me and him bond over movies because he – movies – are his sports. So the Oscars are his Super Bowl, and he passed that love on to me. So we would sit down every year and watch the Oscars from start to finish. So I grew to love them. But as you just said, over the last few years, my interest has dwindled down to the point where I too did not watch a minute of the Oscars. I only looked for the highlighted clips on Twitter, which as we know now are available 30 seconds to a minute after whatever happens, because that's what Twitter is. So, Mike, today, in just a few minutes, we're going to fix the Oscars. All right. I, I thought our man, Abe Gordon, had a fantastic idea on his show last weekend, the Abe TL. And I took that idea and I expounded upon it a little bit. And I even talked about this on Dukes and Bell on Monday. We are going to call these... The CMCs, the common <laughs> man categories. And okay. I think this is how we fix the Oscars because, frankly, Mike, it's gotten too artsy fartsy. It's gotten yep. too way out of left field. The movies, the actors, the actresses. I'm not, you know, I, I'd like to think I have a pretty good working knowledge of Hollywood. It's gotten to the point where even I am like, 
who is this? What is this? I mean, and the movies that are nominated, Banshees of Inishirin, I fell asleep (laughs) three times trying to watch it. Everything Everywhere All at Once was a cool concept, but again, it was it was like an acid trip in a movie, and I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> so here's what we have. I have a couple categories that I want to throw your way, and tell me by the end of it, once we run through these, if having things like this in the Oscars would bring you back. First category would be best choreographed fight scene of the year. <laughs> Okay. Would, okay. That inter- would that interest you? Most definitely. Absolutely. Who who doesn't love a good fight scene? Okay. So a good example would be we have John Wick coming out in a couple weeks. That would certainly be one that's nominated. Films like Black Panther, Ant-Man. It would give some love to some movies that a lot of people have seen. Creed 3. Creed 3. Oh, there you, there you go. That might be winner by default. Um by the way, I know we mentioned this before. Every time I see the previews, I'm just like, those dudes are so jacked up. One day, Mike, that's all I want. One day. But, you know, yeah. we, it's hard when we have our uh, lovely friends and sponsors bringing us delicious food every day. I'm trying Hooters to. Was, yeah, and Hooters is back here today, by the way. <laughs> oh, There's Hooters up here right now. Oh, so be ready. More oh. fried food for you. Oh, no, it's impossible. Chris, no joke. It, like uh, 10 years ago, well, maybe a little more than that now, uh, I weighed 190 pounds, if you can believe that. You know, I'm probably way north of 300 now. Uh, what happened? You know, I used to run marathons, and, and I had, like, my little six-hour-a-day shift down the street at a radio station that shall not be named, and then I didn't have anything the rest of the day. I didn't have a girlfriend or, or anything that would take up my time, so I just spent all my time running. Uh, and, um, I actually used to run marathons and everything like that. And then, um, you know, I got into a relationship where I had less time to exercise. I had to spend more time on that. And then I took a job here at 92.9, which really took up a lot of my time. Oh, sure. And now, now look at me, but, but there was a brief moment, <laughs> a brief moment where I actually felt pretty good about the way I looked and it was, it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Mine was what killed me was the overnights. Lost everything. I lost my sleep regimen. I lost my diet. I lost my exercise routine. Uh, but it's a necessary evil if you're trying to make it in this industry. All right. Second category. Best cameo. And my impetus for this was uh, Tom Cruise and Tropic Thunder. Because okay. that not only was a great cameo, but it basically resurrected his career, which was floundering at that point. So everybody yeah. loves a good cameo in a movie. So why not bring it to the best of the year. Um, yeah, I, I would I would say if that existed 20 years ago, Chuck Norris almost certainly would have won an Oscar ah. for his cameo in Dodgeball. Yes. It's actually funny. Like, there's, I think there's a record for, like, shortest appearance in a movie that led to an Oscar. And I want to say, what was the movie... Um, what was it? Network. It was about Howard Beale, the crazy newscaster who um, uh, it, it was made in the seventies, and and um, you know he had a producer who had all these crazy ideas, and they basically remade uh, network television. There was a scene where 
one of the network executives fessed up to his wife that he was having an affair. Mm. And it was only a 90-second scene, and it was the wife basically kicking him out of the house. She won Best Supporting Actress for that. Wow. And it was only on camera for about 90 seconds. So, you know, the Chuck Norris cameo in Dodgeball, I think it was maybe 10 seconds. That would set the new record for shortest time on camera with an Oscar. Is that the one where Albert Brooks has a panic attack on the on the set? Or am I thinking Not, of a different movie? No, no. Okay, that yeah, <laughs> that's another excellent one. Okay. Now, not, <laughs> when he sweats so profusely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. What, what, that might have been broadcast news. I, yes. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. Gonna look, right now how we'll, be, we'll get uh, to the we'll get to the bottom of this all right yeah. next next category <laughs> now they have best animated feature but they don't have best voiceover work i Ooh. think that is such an overlooked category yeah and usually the big you know disney movie of the year or whatever that's you want to talk about attracting the common people every everybody basically with a family goes and see those so yeah um next one best choreographed chase scene with a vehicle okay so there's at least a dozen movies a year that would apply for that fast and furious notwithstanding i think there's a lot of good movies out there that whether it's a motorcycle chase or a car chase or something along the lines or even being chased through the streets you can amend the category i think that's something a lot of people are drawn to movies for what was the movie a couple of years and more than a couple of years ago now that won a bunch of Oscars, and basically all it was was one long chase through a desert. Oh, uh, that was 1917, the movie. It was, yeah. it, it was a war movie. That movie was right. phenomenal. Right, it was. Yeah. It was basically just one long chase. The camera was shot like this, face-fronting right. on the two main actors, and right. it never moved, basically, throughout the entire movie. That, yep. movie. that movie, if you haven't seen that movie, that's a great movie actually as a matter of fact um all right i believe i have one more let me look it up here categories yes okay best relatable here now hear me out on this last one because it's going to take some explaining best relatable moment on on screen think something about mary think american pie with the scene where he's in bed uh, all like that. So, so a movie that captures everyday oh, life, or a scene that captures everyday life, us at our most vulnerable moments, the best. That is a great category, because what do we remember the most? Yep. From there's something about Mary, or American Pie, or boy, you you name it. I mean, the Naked Gun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, the, the, um, the Enrico Palazzo scene from the naked gun would have won numerous Oscars. If I had any vote in anything, <laughs> there's, I know, and this gets back to your original point, the Oscars now it's, it's become an award for the artsiest fartsiest movie. I think anything that draws any kind of a strong emotional reaction has done its job in being a good movie, and there is no stronger emotional reaction, in my opinion, than laughter. Yep. Comedy has never won anything at the Oscars. Nope. It's been a long time since they have. Change that. Give me look, give me a best comedy. You know, they do it in the Emmys. 
give me a best comedy. You know, everything else is going to be drama or action or something in that realm or a biopic. Give me a best comedy category. You know, the sad thing is, I think, unfortunately, too many movies over the last five or six years just haven't been very funny. No, I think because people are afraid of uh, cancel culture. That's exactly they're, right. They're afraid yeah. of making a movie that people in today's day and age just assault and then it ends their career. Yeah. But look up after we're done taping here, do yourself a favor and look up, just Google search new Jennifer Lawrence comedy. Okay. The preview for this just dropped. The, the, the synopsis is her, she is a struggling person just like, out there in the world trying to pay her bills and a family hires her to be a Mrs. Robinson for their 19 year old son who's about to go off to college, (laughs) but he's such a closet nerd that he can't even muster up the fortitude to uh, do what needs to be done in that category. And the movie's (laughs) all about them, her taking him out into the world and trying to turn him into a man. It actually okay. looks really good. Yeah. So maybe yeah. comedies are finally making a comeback. I hope so. All right. Here we go. So I was in the studio on Saturday doing uh, my weekend show, The Other Side of the Glass, and there really wasn't many sports going on in the afternoon. There was some college basketball, but nothing of consequence at that time. All the conference championship games that were on were blowouts. So I was like, you know what? Let's switch the channel. And what was on but the World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right. Normally, I wouldn't stop on this, but I'm doing the show. It's sports. It's something to just glance up at every now and then. And I left it on. And I'm glad I did because I thought the presentation was great. I thought the actual play was great. There were stars. Uh, Julio Urias was pitching for Team Mexico. Uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball. They had guys like Alex Verdugo in their lineup from the Red Sox. And it was just a really good product. And I'm glad I watched it. But once it was over, I asked myself a question. Would I watch this again? And with a resounding no, that was sort of the end of that. The USA was even playing later that night. And I had no inclination to go home and watch that game. So, Mike, my question is, why don't we care about the World Baseball Classic? Because we because, don't. Yeah, because there's not a lot of tradition to it, I think. I, I mean, the thing is, we care about the World Cup, even though we're not a really big soccer country, because there's a lot of tradition behind it. it it's existed for almost 100 years. We care about the Olympics, the modern mm-hmm. Olympics, for the same reason, because we grew up with it. Um, you know, probably the same could be. I'm, I'm trying to think of like. Um, you know, every four-year events on the calendar. It, I, I, I really e- feel maybe like, even the tennis and the golf majors are another. Yeah, good yeah. No, that's a that's a great example. Um, even like I know this is way out in left field, but I know there's a lot of people who really care about uh, the America's Cup, the uh, the yachting event that happens. Um, I guess every four or five years, something like that, because we grew up with it. Sure. You know, and and I guess we were kind of made to feel as we were growing up with it, that it was very important. World baseball classics only existed for 12 years. I want to say I think 2006 like was the first one. Okay. Yeah. So we, we haven't really grown up with it. And, and furthermore, you know, I remember when they created it, 
it never really felt like a big deal, even when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you didn't necessarily, at least at first, you didn't really necessarily get these, you know, dream teams, which I think was the idea. Like they, they wanted to kind of benchmark what happened with Olympic basketball and create these dream teams where truly the best players in the sport were participating. And you know, the other issue too is you're doing it in spring training when not everyone is really in form yet. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not, it's not like you pause the baseball season in July to have the world baseball classic and everyone's kind of informed. So, uh, and, and then I, you know, one more thing, I think there's just this expectation that the USA is going to steamroll everyone because we're the best baseball nation. And if we don't, it's a disappointment, but I agree with you. I, I think it's fun. I think it's something fun on the sports calendar. Uh, yeah, not everyone participates. Yeah, it's kind of amusing to see Team Great Britain and Team Italy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, heck, Mike Piazza played for Team Italy. I mean, I, I don't know if Mike Piazza could speak two words of Italian. but Matt Hart, too, and he's actually drawing some interest from Major League teams off of it. All that, yeah. And, and by the way, uh, in the running for worst sports jersey of all time is the Great Britain uniforms. Well, it's very simple. <laughs> I mean, I'll give him that. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're a minimalist, you'd probably like it. But no, I mean, if you're I, I just, a fan of Times New Roman font. <laughs> well, look, look a little more Helvetica to me, actually, or or Ariel Bold. But 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 all that being said, um, I think it's a fun event. I think it's a little bit of a fool's errand to try to do it up against March Madness. Uh, you know, quite frankly, the NCAA basketball tournament really controls the sports news cycle nationally for three weeks. It's very difficult to go up against it. I don't know if you want to necessarily pause the baseball season for three weeks in July and do the World Baseball Classic. I think there's economic risks in doing that, but it would certainly be a way where it would get the World Baseball Classic more attention. Yeah, I just, I I don't know. I think you said it really well there. I I don't even think there's anything they can necessarily do to increase their audience by a wide margin at this point. I I just think it's it sort of it, – it's a nice little fun, it is what it is thing yeah. off to the side that you're more likely to catch at your local bar on a Friday night because they just have it on as opposed to finding the games or appointment viewing. I did hear uh, – I was listening to a podcast and one of the hosts uh, went to the game in Miami where it was uh, Mexico versus Venezuela – and apparently the atmosphere great at atmosphere. Marlins Park was supposedly yeah. great. So maybe lot maybe well, some of those I, things I you need that, to go see live. And I think that tells you something too. I think that tells you that there are parts of the world where this is a really big deal. It's just not resonating in the United States right now. But yeah, I mean, for Venezuela, I'm sure for Cuba, I'm sure for a lot of the Caribbean nations, and probably a lot of the um you know, the Japan, Korea, you know, the, the Asian participants as well. It's a huge deal to them too. I, I just think in the United States, there's this expectation that we're, we just are supposed to win. And when we don't, it's a disappointment. All right. So this was pretty cool, Mike. Uh, Coach Raheem from Kennesaw State was a big shot. This weekend on Selection Sunday, he was one of the featured coaches on the big national CBS show. So 
I know he's been coming on our station. He's been doing some hits around the country, but he was rocking with the big boys, the Gumbles and Co. on CBS, and he got to pump up the Owls a little bit. This was pretty cool. It makes me even that much uh, more proud of, of what our, our guys um, have been able to accomplish, but also been able to provide this university uh, because it deserves it. You know, you, you said it, you know, you're, you're – in the state with Georgia, Georgia Tech, you know, Georgia State, all these other all these other great schools, right? And we're kind of tucked away up here and nobody ever really comes past, you know, uh yeah. I'd say uh the the battery, you know, up seventy five right. to, to see what's going on. So you hear that there with uh coach and I just think Mike that this is something that everyone in the, in the state of Georgia can get behind as March Madness gets underway. They're playing on Friday, and it should be a great atmosphere. I totally agree because, let's face it, Kennesaw State athletically is not a titan in the same way that Georgia and Georgia Tech are. And, and um, you know, I'd even say probably Georgia State and Georgia Southern have some athletic superiority just in the conferences that they currently play. So I don't think there's going to be anyone in Georgia rooting against Kennesaw State. Like if Georgia Tech were in the tournament, Georgia fans would be rooting against them. Sure. If Georgia State was in the tournament, Georgia Southern fans would be rooting against them. I think this is a situation where because Kennesaw really doesn't have a huge rival in the state, when I say huge, I mean like in terms of number of people, I really do think the entire state's going to rally behind Kennesaw State. I hope they do well. I really do. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to March Madness, um, people will also speak with uh, perhaps their their wallets and their and their and their <laughs> checkbooks a little bit as well as people get. You know, Mike. It was funny. I walked in. I walked into the station on Monday morning, and what was the first thing that I saw? A bunch of printed out brackets sitting on the sitting on the counter, ready to go. I don't want to know. I don't want to know that because you uh, know that would be for entertainment purposes only. I hope purposes only, even yes. Corpuses, we, yeah, yes. No, seriously, I I I don't even want to know about that. So I'm going to pretend I never heard that. Well, I, I don't think that was for anything in regards to what I was talking about. Show I just prep, think, right? I think that was show, show prep. prep exactly. Okay. I hope yeah. so. I hope yeah. that's what it was for. And they weren't even filled out, so they were well, just. Well, I would hope not. Yeah, they, they, they were just empty. <laughs> yeah, they were just they were just empty brackets sitting there on, on the printer on the counter. All right, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Off Air Podcast. Good stuff from Mike Conti, as always, the head on show. And if you missed last episode, go check that one out. It is blowing up the social media scene. It is blowing up on our downloads. So thank you so much for everyone that listened to Mike give a nice comprehensive breakdown of what to expect from 92.9 The Game's brand spanking new morning show coming soon to a radio near you. For us, we'll catch you next time. Follow me at C. Thomas Radio. Follow Mike at Mike Conti 929 We'll talk to you guys soon.